grade in South Beverly High and what they learned in the suburbs, they had a second year college education compared to my high school education. Are you praying with me? And when I became pastor, I said, we have to come alongside and help our youth so that they can compete. Amen? And you ought to give God a hand clap for that. Praise God. You ought to give God, amen, a hand clap for that. The Lord is good. He's very, very good. And I want to thank God for our church and the holistic vision that we have, not just saving of the soul, but saving of the mind, saving of the will, saving of the heart, saving of the hurts. Can I get a witness? And I'm, I'm astounded that we, in so many different directions, we are addressing so many different things. So let me just say thank you again to all of our educators and thank you for our youth. Amen. Now, I'm going to call up our youth pastor, Clefote, because we are, and we'll move expeditiously after this, we are recognizing in June all graduates of high school and co uh, college, undergrad. All right. Is that right, Cleve? All right. Under, excuse me? Graduates of how, how okay, how, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, because he, he said we don't want people that graduated in 1936 to come up. We just, <laughs> just all right, you know. Part, part, of, part of what you see happening with the youth, everything that we have is a part of pastor's vision. Pastor lays it out, and it's my job to serve the Lord by serving him. And, and it's my job to carry it out. And I work with Kay Medley, Tanya Fagans, and many others. And what we want to do today is a part of his vision in that disparity he talked about is to encourage people to graduate. So what we do is we stay in touch with our college uh, uh, grad, uh, college students as well as our high school students and right now today we want to we want to celebrate the fact that those who are high school students 2012 graduates and college students 2012 graduates we're asking that you come on up front really quickly so we can go ahead and give you a gift we want to recognize you and thank you for being in touch and in contact with the Lord and in service and so please do that right now and we can move forward if you've graduated, the graduating students, please come forward so Pastor can honor you. Amen. graduates. Come on now. Praise Jesus. All right. Um, are these all the graduates? Okay. I'd like you. Oh, there they go. Okay. Did you cut the class? Come on. I'd like you to give your name, the school you graduated from, and any aspirations you have for the future. Amen. 
high school and college. State your name, where you're graduating from, and what your aspirations will be. My name is Donnie. No, no, you hold it. You hold it. Uh, <laughs> my name is Donnie Williams. I go to William Samuel High. I'm graduating um, next week, and I'm going to Hampton University for business administration. <laughs> Um, my name is Don Suple. Uh I'm graduating from Winslow High School next Friday. Um, and at the high school, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start off at uh, Camden County and study psychology and like minor in theater and stuff. Amen. My name is Justin Williams. I'm also graduating from Winslow High on Friday, and. My aspirations are to one day graduate from Jefferson and be a neuroscientist. Amen. Hi, I'm Shania Jones. I'm also graduating from Winslow Township High School on Friday. I'm going to the College of St. Elizabeth to dual major in criminal law and psychology and get my master's in forensic psychology. Amen. My name's Lakeisha. I graduated from Washington Township. High school, going to Arcadia for interior design and marketing. My name is Leah Johnson. I graduated from Highland. I'll be going to Liberty University in the fall for sports management. Um, my name is Rihanna Ellis. I graduated from Seton Hall University, and I aspire to be a child advocate lawyer. Good morning, my name is Marcus Williams. I graduated from Morgan State University with a degree in elementary education and urban studies, and I'm currently a fourth grade teacher in Anne Arundel County, Maryland. Good morning, my name is Melissa Williams. Along with my twin brother here, I graduated from Morgan State University with a bachelor's in science with business administration, and I currently work for Aerotech in Maryland. Thank you. My name is Lauren Lambert, and I graduated from Rutgers University, and my major was Urban Studies. Good morning. My name is Iore Olaye, and I will be graduating from Winslow Township High School as the first African-American valedictorian on Friday. my education at Cornell University, studying chemical engineering with a minor in biomedical engineering. Good morning, my name is Taylor Davis. I'm graduating from Williamstown High School. I'm going to Temple University to study biology pre-med. St. Matthews. My name is Crystal Rich. I graduated from Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I majored in broadcast journalism and media studies with a concentration in sports, and I minored in Mandarin, the Chinese language. My brother, who could not be here today, Samson Rich, graduated with his MBA from Long Island University in Brooklyn, New York, in human resources. Good morning, St. Matthews. I'm Siani Jones. I'm graduating Thursday from Lindewall High School, and I'm planning to, to go to Bethune-Cookman University in Daytona Beach, Florida, and I'm planning to major in speech therapy. 
I'm Keenan Jones, and I'm graduating from Hannah Heights High School. I'll be going to Sanders College, majoring in exercise sports science. I'm Tyler Scott, graduate of Paul Six High School, going on to Widener University to study computer science. Good morning, my name is Courtney Adorento, and I am graduating from Winslow Township High School, and I will be attending Rowan University to study biology. Good morning, my name is Alexis Ammons, and I will be graduating on Thursday at Pensacola High School, and I will be attending Temple University studying physical therapy. Good morning, my name is Raymond Gordon Jr. I just graduated my Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration from Arizona State University and I'll be relocating to Richmond, Virginia. Praise Jesus. Church say Matt. Come on. Oh yeah. Come on. Come on. Proud of you guys, proud of you guys, proud of you. Proud of you, proud of you, proud of you, proud of you. Proud of you. Come on, come here. Praise Jesus. All right, let's get another hand clap for him. Amen. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that's within me. Bless his holy name. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Aren't we, aren't we really ecstatic and excited about our young people? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you all for coming up. Truly, God is an awesome, awesome God. Amen. All right. Now it's offering time. And God loves a cheerful giver. Can't be God given no matter how you try. We're taking a one offering on a tithe, $15 or more towards ministry. What is a tithe? It's a tenth. If you make $300 a week, God's asking for the first 30, $200 a week, the first 20. He said, try me, test me, and see. The principle of tithing goes back to Genesis 14, all through Leviticus, all through the New Testament. The principle is in Galatians 5. Can I get a witness? We love you. We thank God for you. The percentage is totally amen, uh, in conjunction with what you do have, not which, what, with what you do not have. Amen? So we want to uh, bless the Lord. And then this is KOD. Those of you that are committed, if you need go envelopes, raise your hand. But I want some extra money this Sunday for KOD. And I, I'm, I'm a run and get my checkbook. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a giver, but I'm going to run and get my checkbook to do something extra. The Lord is good. Can you imagine once we get rid of the debt, the ministry we can do for Jesus? Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers and deacons to come and our great youth choir. Let's get our youth choir hand. Youth choir. We'll sing. Amen.
church say amen. Went right to my study, forgot what I was there for, grabbed a couple cherries, started eating them, and forgot my checkbook. So I'm going to do it an IOU in the box. Come on in. Praise the Lord. Church say amen. In the Lord great and greatly to be praised. I want to thank all of you for your magnanimous giving. Let's give a, a hand clap just for your giving. You've been great. Thank you so much. Let's stand. All things come of thee, O Lord. Church, amen.
Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son. We praise and exalt his name, for it is by him that we live, move, and have our being. Forgive us of our sins, sanctify us, speak to our hearts, change the way we think, order our steps as we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Good Lord, a hand clap. Hallelujah. Now, that's singing. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's singing the word of God. Isn't that right? Praise the name of Jesus. I want to thank our young people. They're great. Great job. Great job. Great job. Thank you. Thank you to our instructors, our musicians. Truly, God is an awesome, awesome, awesome God. Amen. Well, I tell you, that is good stuff. Good stuff. This morning we'll be in Matthew chapter 8, St. Matthew's chapter 8. Amen. And I want to, this narrative, I want to, the Gospels, the four Gospels reflect the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they also reflect different attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Matthew chapter 8, and I'm going to look at verse 5 and, read, and just, just follow with me. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, remember that word, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Verse 8, and the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. This morning, we want to preach around the subject, the power of the spoken word. The power of the spoken word. The greatest proof that our Lord Jesus Christ is God the Son is his attribute and ability to miraculously speak things into existence. Systematic theology, we call this from the Septuagint of the Old Testament, ex nihilo, to bring about something out of nothing, which is really a microcosm of the saved life. God takes nothing 
and make something. And this ability is when he decides to heal our hurts, to feed 5,000, to raise the dead, to cease the swelling storms, to challenge and even chase Satan the devil. The Bible says that the worlds, plural, were fashioned. They were not only fashioned, they were fixed. They were not only fashioned and fixed, but they were finalized by the spoken word. That God in the beginning, Elohim, the plurality of the Godhead in Genesis, the creation account says, in the beginning, God, the plurality of the Godhead, God created Barah, spoke things into existence. And when you get into Hebrews 11 on the faith chapter, it says that faith is a subject things hoped for, the other things not seen for by it. Before it gets into the elders, it tells you that even God, by ex nihilo, breathed out and spoke into existence through the vehicle of faith. The world's. Genesis 1-2 tells us, and the world, or the earth was void, dark, empty, and then the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, and he refashioned, remade, remolded that which was darkened. In the Hebraic, Hebraic account, he took a, a catastrophe, a bohu and tohu. He took something that was disarranged, and God came and rearranged it. <sighs> Giving evidence that something took place between verses 1 and 2. Because Isaiah 45, 18 says that everything that God created was good and not dark. Mm. That this power to speak things into existence. In the beginning of John's account, the prologue says... In the beginning was the Word. The word word is logos. Amen. That Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Hmm. He's, the, he's the written Word and he's the living Word. Y'all ain't getting this. The written Word prophesied about the coming living Word. And the Word was made flesh. And came among us. And, and, and the Bible says, 
We're going to get deeper and deeper. We, we, get, we get ready to dive in deep water, so just hold your nose. And the Bible says, and the word cannot, Isaiah 55, come back void. The word void means empty. Now, 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 now the reason I'm saying this, I said it this morning, I want you to take that scripture in Isaiah, which essentially says that once the word goes out, it can't come back empty. So once Jesus, the living word, the, the written word, became the living word and left heaven, he could not re-enter heaven empty. He had to come back into heaven with something. Because the word cannot come back void. Well, what did he bring back? I'm glad you asked. He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He brought with him the whole ecclesia. He cleared out Abraham's bosom. He took him to glory. He came marching back into glory with a caravan of the redeemed. Whatever Jesus does, he can never come back empty. Whatever he does in your life can't come back empty. I'm a witness. We're nothing. We're filthy. We're fractured. We're broken. We're fruitless. Come on now. Can I get a witness? But God. But when the Lord gets hold of you, when the Lord engineers that word into you, when the Lord puts that word in the right place, that's why David said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy, thy word is a light unto my path. Can I get a witness? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That word, that word, that word, that word. Uh, God told Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? I mean, the spirit picked up Ezekiel and laid him right in the midst of a graveyard. Ezekiel was the only thing alive in the graveyard. Everything else was dead. Every bone was bruised and battered and broken and brittle. And then God said, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, you know, Lord. He said, we're going and preach to the bones. Give the bones a word. And when he preached to the bones, then he said, now preach to the wind which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit gets in touch with the Word of God, when the Holy Spirit in truth gets in you, you start to hear clanging. Stuff start coming together again. Things you couldn't do, now you can do. Can I get a witness? We came in here all messed up and hooked up and crooked up, but God. I'm telling you, God can make stuff start to shake. Can he make it shake? And the Bible says that them bones got up like an army. Are you praying with me? That word, when, when that word, when that word, when that word goes forth, something's got to happen. And that's why we got to witness to you when you give you a track. That word, it's the word. It's not us giving, it's the word. When that word, when, 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 when that word, when that truth, it's on the inside. You can't shake it. You, 
You, you can't forget it. You can't lay it down and pick it up. You can't, you can't be religious because that word will do something for you. That word will make you stop using dope. That word will make you stop drinking liquor. That word will make you stop fornicating. That, that word, that word will make you stop tipping and start tithing. That word! That word! That word! Thank God for the word! If it had not been for the word, I'd be back out in the streets. If it had not been for the word, I'd be in some club last night. But that word, I, I, I wish I had a witness. I, I, we, we are kept by the power of God through the word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The spoken word. It'll handle your hardships. It'll order your outcomes. It'll rescue from your ruins. That word, that word, that word. Hallelujah. See, it's not enough for you to have the word. The word's got to have you. Can I get a witness? And when the word gets hold of you, you like the four tops. I can't help myself. Can I get a witness? I said I wouldn't shout, but I find myself shouting. I, I said I wouldn't dance, but I find myself dancing. I, I said I wouldn't give a testimony, but I find myself talking. You know what that word will do? That word will make a liar out of you. That, that, that everything you said you wouldn't do, you will do because there's power. There's power. There's power in the word. In the word, in the word, in the word. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The book of Matthew is presenting the Lord Jesus Christ as king of the Jews. He's not king of the church. He's head of the church. Because his, listen, his metaphoric relationship with the church is organic. He's the head, and we are the body. Can I get a witness? Yeah. And to the Jews, he is the king, and Israel is the kingdom. Do you, are you praying with me? And, 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 and in the first chapter, he deals with his ancestry. Amen. His bloodlines only back to Abraham. Because Abraham is the progenitor, the father of the Hebrews. Can I get away? See, the problem, the problem in the world, in the Middle East, is that Abraham represents three different groups. Abraham is the father of Muslims through Ishmael. Abraham is the father of Christians through Jesus Christ. And then Abraham is the father of the Jews through Isaac, Jacob. Are you with me? Amen. So he, he is the father of three different groups, all who had their beginning in the Bible. I'm trying, trying to lay this thing out. Amen. And, 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 and so when you begin to look at Matthew... The ancestry leads to his adoration in chapter 2 where the Magi, amen, are worshiping him, not in the manger, but in the house two years later. 
Are you with me? And then the adversities of his public ministry in chapters 3 and 4. And then we move to, amen, his, listen to this now, we move to his authentication, his, his authenticity in chapter 5 of his Sermon on the Mount, his, his, his Beatitudes and Similitudes, which, which really anchor him as being the Messiah King. And then when you get to chapters, hanging in with me, 8 and 9, we start to see, amen, miraculous healings. Some commentators say at least 13, some say 20, but they were back-to-back-to-back-to-back healings, most of which were healings in which he just spoke the word. Can I get a witness? Now, Now, understand this so you can understand the text, that while Jesus was walking the earth, he had humbled Philippians 2, he had emptied out his rights, and he was limited in locality. In other words, if God is everywhere at the same time, but because he took on human flesh, he limited his omnipresence and could only be in one place at one time. He could not be at the wedding in Cana and at Bethany raising Lazarus. Are y'all praying with me? And that's why he said in John 16, it's expedient that I go away so I can send back the omnipresent paraclete. So if you're in China and you're praying, he's got you. If you're in Russia and you're praying, he's got you. If you're in Africa and you're praying, he's got you. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so, child of God, when you begin to look at uh, chapter, the, the, the makeup of chapter 8, it is, it is exhibit 1, so to speak, of the power over disease and defilement. Now, 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 for the sake of argument, the first miracle in chapter 8, verse 1 through 4, is the miracle of Jesus healing a leper. Now, let me stop starting part. Let me, let me, let me try to explain. We have to have a hunger for specificity. We, we, we cannot be a good Bible student without asking those five interrogators, who, where, when, what, and how. That's how you grow in the word. Every word means something. You can't just read over words and say, ah, that doesn't mean anything. No, you got to stop and you got to understand why the Holy Spirit wrote this the way he wrote it through human, amen, vehicles. Why does the Bible says what it says? And the first miracle here is the miracle of leprosy. Now look what it says. When he came down from the mountain, verse 1, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. Don't miss that. Yeah. He's a leper, but he's worshipping Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's a connection. That's a connection. And saying, Lord, another connection. If thou wilt, another connection, that all of our desires and prayers are predicated on his divine will. If you will, look what it says. Canst thou make me clean 
And Jesus put forth his hand. Stop! No one was allowed to touch a leper. In fact, in the Old Testament, if you had to if you had a disease called leprosy, you had to stand outside of the city and constantly holler, leper, 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 as a warning so other people would not touch you because the disease was contaminated. Jesus puts forth his hands and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Immediately the leprosy was cleansed. And then Jesus said unto him, go Tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now, let me tell you why I'm handling this. Because you, nor did I, have a clue to what's going on here. It sounds like Jesus was just walking, the man said, will you heal me? And Jesus touched him and healed him. Whoa, you missed the boat. In Leviticus 14, don't turn, verses 4 to 8, in order for a leper to be healed, or once a leopard was healed, excuse me, you had to find a priest of that town, and you had to offer up two birds, wood, yam, hyssop, on the first day of your reported leprosy, and then on the eighth day, you had to come up with two male lambs, a ewe lamb, flour, and oil. That's what you gave the priest. The problem in the text is that other than Miriam, no one was ever healed of leprosy. It was an unhealable disease. You not getting this. Jesus comes along and speaks the word. Touches the man and the disease goes. Then he says, now I'm going to make you confuse the priesthood. Give the priests what Leviticus said you ought to give them. And the reason no priest ever got what Leviticus said is because nobody was ever cured of leprosy. So now when you take your offering to the priest, they're going to stand there with these ewe lambs. They're going to stand there with this flour, this yam, this oil, and they're going to start scratching your head. How in the world were you healed? And here's what you're going to say to the priest, Jesus. Jesus. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't get, you didn't get, you didn't, you didn't get that. You didn't get that. Ray McGowan, I knew you from South Philly. How in the world? Bruce Butner, come on now. How in the world? Are you clothed in your right mind? Jesus. Wayne Jones, how in the world are you still standing? John Green, how in the world are you still alive? Luther Jackson, Neil Fay, how in the world are you still here? Jesus. That, that's, that's, that's all God wants you to say. He didn't ask you to give out 
your GPA, he, he didn't ask you to say how many miles you run every morning. He did not ask you to talk about all of the changes you've been through and how you managed to get around them. All he wants you to say is Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. And you better learn when somebody compliments you. You better learn to transfer that stuff right up there. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That, 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 was, that, was, that was the first miracle, and I ain't even preaching about that. Oh, God. Look at verse 5. Here we go. Here we, we got to get out your way. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, stop. Capernaum was a pit stop he grew up in. The word Capernaum denotes the hood. He didn't grow up with no split-level home. He didn't have no garage and no grass and no town watch. He, there, there was in Capernaum darkness, unbelief, sin, bunch of Gentiles. Can I get a witness? A, amen. And when Jesus entered back into Capernaum, there came unto him yeah, a centurion from the word century, a Roman officer in charge of a hundred soldiers. That's what a centurion is. See, first you had you had a centurion who was in charge of a hundred soldiers, and then you had a legion, an officer who was in charge of six thousand soldiers. Are you with me? Yes, sir. I I, I remember I was, you know, in the military, I was telling you uh, how we would have to do a parade and they would take the whole squadron. Squadron consisted of thousands. And we would have to march up before this platform, base commander, assistant base commander, maybe regional commander, all of them stand up there. And as we was marching, thousands, step, step, eyes right, everybody going eyes right, all in unison. And it was so beautiful. Are you praying with me? And we had to march and sing. Everywhere I go, to hear, to hear thousands saying that in unison. People want to know. Who we are, so we tell them we are the mighty, the mighty, 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 
When you hear that, listen, when you hear that echoed among thousands, it's scary. It's scary. Everybody knew exactly when to do, what to do. Oh, man, this feels good. I got to get my keys again, man. But you paid a price for that. Took hours of training. Can I get a witness? And child, and child of God is here, is here. That this centurion came begging him and saying, Lord, don't miss it. Lord, what does Lord, curios in the Greek, what does Lord mean? Ruler of heaven and earth. Lord, Elohim, God in the flesh. Lord, dominion over devils and demons. Lord, powerful. Here's a Gentile centurion coming to Jesus. Stop. The first thing about the story is it's out of place for the time. Why? Because the centurion was a Roman centurion and the Jews were under the Romans. This was a high respected officer coming to a lowly peaceful man called Jesus. This was a Gentile coming to a Jew. Are y'all getting this? You know what? As the story unfolds. And, and, and so he comes in verse 6, staying there with me and saying, Lord, Lord, in other words, although I'm a Gentile, I recognize who you are. Too many of us want to approach God casually. Do you know who, see, if we knew who Jesus really was, Lord have mercy. And I, I need to say this, I, I, know. I know. I'm a lightning rod, I'm a troublemaker, let me make more trouble. If Jesus is not Lord to you, you're going to hell. I don't care what faith, what religion you believe in. One question. I have nothing against other religions, nothing against other faiths. All of them got good people. But I got one question. Who is Jesus? And if he's not Lord, if he's not God, if he's not potentate, if he's not all-powerful, he, you are going to hell. Can I get a witness? He's Lord. He was Lord when he landed on an island and, amen, and 6,000 demons approached him. And Jesus had the nerve, 6,001, a nerve to say, what is your name? In other words, who's in charge of this bunch of dirty demons? And the demon said, my name is Legion. 6,000 Roman soldiers for we are many. Now you would think 6,001 that Jesus said, well, somebody should have told Jesus he better be quiet. You're some bad boys out of hell. But when you keep reading the text, the demon said, we know who you are. We, we, 
we know. We're not guessing. We know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And here's what the 6,000 said. Permit us to get out of here and go into the swine. And here's what Jesus said, spoken word, go. And they ran violently into a whole bunch of swine. Spoken word. Do I have a witness? Spoken word when he came into Bethany. Four days late and the body was dead, decomposed, rigor mortis and stinking. And he said, where have you laid my friend Lazarus? And Jesus told the disciples before he got in the city, he said, I'm glad that I was not there for your sakes in order that you might believe. Can I get a witness? And you know the story. He said, move the stone. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says the mummy came out of the grave. And Jesus said, Lucy, can I get a witness? There's power in his word. Can I get a witness? There's power in his word. He can speak health to your life. He can speak happiness to your life. Can I get a witness? There's power in the word, in the name. Yes, it is of Jesus. But look at it, look at it, look at this. He says, he says, he says, uh, verse 6, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home sick with a paralysis, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Now let me stop. Why would Jesus want to come? First of all, you called me Lord. Mm-hmm. Second of all, you worship me. Mm. Third of all, you recognize my authority. I'll come in healing. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Let me, let me, let me, let me stop. He says, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word, what? The word, what? Only. Speak the word only speak the word only you don't need to come to my residence or my zip code just speak the word only yeah and my servant will be healed Jesus 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 and I, I want I want to deal with this uh, there, there, there's first a spoken preemption over darkness let me say this to you that you better have a faith that can penetrate darkness. When you are in your Capernaums, when you are in your hood where demons are all around you, hellhounds are breaking out, you better have a fixed faith to know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper because the devil will want to mess with your mind. Can I get a witness? 
the devil will tell you, yeah, we got you surrounded and we got your children, we got your marriage, we got, we got your money, we got your health. Where's your Jesus now? You better just stand there and know that you know that you know that you know that helps on the way. You better know who you belong to. Can I get a witness? The Lord is my light. The Lord is my rescue. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my present help in the time of trouble. You better know. You better know when Satan's got you surrounded, and he will get you surrounded. It's called a multifaceted attack. It's when he's attacking everything in your life. He's not just getting your kids. He's getting your mind. He's getting your relationships. He's tampering with your money. He's getting your health. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all been attacked from all directions? Do I have a witness? How many of you have been ambushed? Yeah, how many of you have been in a foxhole with nowhere to go? Can I get a witness? How many of you have run out of your own ammunition and the enemy keeps closing in? How, how many of you didn't think you was going to make it to tomorrow and didn't think you was going to make it to next week and didn't know how you was going to make it to next year? Can I get a witness? But when you looked up, reinforcements were coming. When you, when you looked up, Jesus showed up. When you, when you looked up, grace showed up. When you looked up, power showed up. When you looked up, provision showed up. Say yeah! He's one to be praised. Yeah. Lord, I don't know what to do, nor how to do it. And God says, do nothing. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew your strength. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. If he can handcuff demons to the abyss, then he can fix my relationships. If he's able to send 6,000 demons running, then he can handle my health. If he's able... I'm preaching now to help me out without my help. You didn't get that one. Help me out without my help. Then he's able to snatch you into a whole nother dimension. He may not come when you want him, but always oh, right on time. Look up, look up. Look up. Ah. Now, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. For the sake of time, we, we got to go. This centurion gives Jesus two principles. A principle on authority and a principle of faith. Are you ready for the principles? Look at verse 8. This is joint answer that said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant will, not might, not by chance, not coincidence. He said he will be healed. God. Thank you, Jesus. And look at this. 
here's the principle and authority. For I am a man, verse 9, under authority. Two extraordinary important principles here. Everybody under the sound of my voice is under authority. That's why they call the pastor the under shepherd because he's under the chief shepherd. I'm going to be judged how I manage this house. But I'm under authority. He said, I'm a soldier. I'm in charge of a hundred soldiers. But I'm under the authority of somebody else. Are you with me? You cannot lead till you learn how to follow. People want to lead, but they ain't never follow nobody. And everybody, listen, listen, let me, let me, let me try the true essence of authority. Everybody you have to follow, you may not agree with how they lead. That has nothing to do with the following. Following is a statement of obedience. It has nothing to do with your understanding or approval of what they're trying to do. It's obedience. It's obedience. I tell our workers here at the church, I you know, give a staff meeting, I, I throw out alliteration of M's. I say, in this job, you must manage, you must motivate, you must market, you must monitor. You know, and I give them all these M's to say, when I put a system under you, it's yours. I'm not going around you when something goes wrong, I'm coming to you. You getting paid to manage. Now, if you don't know what you're doing, ask questions, we'll help you out. But you getting, you, you know, manage. So the whole thing is, and there's always a bigger picture. Let me throw this out. President Obama, the candidate, is different from President Obama, the president. Because there's intel we don't know about. So when you're sitting there looking at the news, well, why they do this? You don't have all the intel. You, you don't have all the information. Are y'all praying with me? So when you sit up here and look at me on Sunday, you ain't got all the intel. Can I get a witness? Let me give you some of the intel. Your husband, your wife called me last night and said, you're a trip to live with. That's intel. No, they didn't. But, but my point is that he's making a statement on authority. Mm, I too am a man under authority. And li listen to this. And I have soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth to another come, and he cometh, and to my servants do, and he doeth it. Now, now let me stop. Check this one out. Here's the profoundness of this verse. Because of this imaginary but real element of authority, 
As a person of authority, I do not have to be in the very place before what I say is carried out. I can give an order from Philadelphia and that order will be carried out in California. Because I have between me and California, people who work under me, a phone system, an email system, a texting capability, I can get a message to them to carry out on the other end what I want done on this end. So here's what he's saying to Jesus. <laughs> because I too am a man of authority, you don't need to come to my house to heal my servant. Because you are Lord, all you got to do is speak the word. And that word's going to make it there because there's power in your spoken word. Are oh, y'all getting this stuff? Lord have mercy. Look, 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 look. I'm trying to get out your way. Look, look what he says. And, 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 and then he says, look, and, and come, and he cometh, and go, and he goeth. And when Jesus first then heard it, he marveled. Here's what he said to them that followed. Stop. Who followed him? His disciples. Jesus is taking this Gentile centurion and saying, now you're teaching my disciples what they don't do. But what is it they don't do? They do not believe in the spoken word. That's why when they were walking and a messenger came up to Jesus in John chapter 11 and said, your friend Lazarus is sick. And Jesus said, let's go another way. Do y'all remember the story? One of the disciples said, Jesus, Lazarus, your friend, what are you doing? He started rebuking Jesus. He was rebuking Jesus because Jesus didn't do an about face and go to Bethany. In his finite mind, in the disciples' finite mind, once you hear that there's a need for you, we need to go there. Jesus said, we don't need to go there. And I'm doing this for your sake. The only reason I'm holding up four days of healing him, the only reason I'm letting him die, the only reason I'm letting his sisters cry, the only reason I'm letting this town in the uproar, so you disciples will know that I have the power of the spoken word. Y'all ain't getting this. He says to them that follow. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, and I don't have time to formulate this, uh, uh, but, but listen. When, when you understand to them that follow, when you understand what Jesus is teaching is this, when he said to his disciples in, in, in three of the four gospels, let's get in a boat and go to the other side. That's all he told them, right? Where are we going? We're going to the other side. And, and, and as the boat was going on, says the, ex, the Bible says a storm rose up, the wind started blowing, and they start waking him up. Jesus, wake up! Don't you care that we're about to perish? And here's just what he said when he woke up. O ye of little faith. Here it is. Did not I tell you that we were going to the other side? 
The church keeps getting in trouble because we pay more attention to what the Lord did not tell us than what the Lord did tell us. Oh, y'all ain't getting this. Well, he, he never told me there'd be a storm in my marriage. He never told me the winds, the contrary winds of uh, money would come up. He, he never told me, Lord have mercy, that my children would start acting out. He never told, but what did he tell you? He told you he that has begun a good work in you will keep on doing it to the day of Jesus Christ. He told you whatever he starts, he's going to finish. He told you all powers in his hands. Can I get a witness? Amen. And when a storm rises up and they will rise up, you got to stay on that ship. You got to know that you know that you know that you know that he's going to straighten this thing out. Can I get a witness? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. As long as I know Jesus is on board, I should not fear anything. Can I get a witness? If Satan sends the hellhounds out of hell, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my high tower. He is my friend. That sticks closer than a brother. Are you with me? He made, yeah, an appeal, an appropriation. Look at, look at, look at this. But he, he spoke, he spoke, he spoke of persuasion, of deliverance. Just speak the word. Jesus is Lord. You are the authority. Everything reports to you, and you report to nobody. You can speak to my difficulties. You can speak to my situation. You can speak to my sins. Can I get a witness? I remember when I first got saved, I, I, you know, I, I tried to be honest. I, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, now, I love you, but I cannot stop sinning. I'm struggling with this sin. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you don't. You ain't gonna put your hands up. You're a liar, and the truth ain't in you. I, Lord, I listen. Lord, something's got me, but I don't have it. Can I get a witness? It feels too good to give up. Uh, uh, my mind is locked in to give it up. I, I, Lord, I don't know. Lord, if you don't do it, it won't get done. Can I get a witness? When you start praying like that, Lord, if you don't change the way I am, it'll never get changed. If you don't put me on a street called straight, if you don't turn my life around, it'll never get done. You got to take the taste of liquor out of my mouth. You got you to gotta stop me from desiring drugs. You got to, I'm, I'm preaching up in this place. You got you to gotta stop me from wanting to fornicate all over the place. You, oh, they didn't quiet, Lord. You got to, Lord, you got to stop me from Fussing and fussing. You gotta stop me from chattering and tearing people down. God, I'm all messed up. I'm, I'm a wretched undone. There's nothing good about me, nothing good in me, nothing good before me, nothing good behind me. Lord, if you don't do it, it won't get done. Can I get a witness? He will deal with your difficulties. He will deal with your dysfunction. Can I get a witness? Uh, I can't get up. I'm not able to get up. I'm not able to get out. I'm not able to get through. People are dysfunctional in their thinking. And I can tell you right now, you either victor or you a victim. 
You can't be both. And in most married couples, there's one victim. You ain't got to say amen. What is a victim? When a victim looks at the sum total of their lives, they always, like a crab, have got to identify somebody that put them where they are. Well, I, my father, he was no good. He beat on my mother. Babe, all right, babe, we, we started here. How many years ago was that? 60. When you going to get up, take up your bed, and walk? Can I get a witness? Well, you know, my husband is not the sweetest thing in the world. Well, neither are you. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching up in this place. A victim has got to identify something that keeps them defeated. When my Bible says I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I'm coming in. 11 and verse 11 and 12, he differentiates. Yeah, fruit from failure, crowd from calm, wheat from tares, sheep from goats. See, truth has to test you. Truth trials have to test you. Timetables have to test you. First you're tested by truth of the word. Then you're tested by trials of life. Then you're tested by timetables when God decides to take his time. Coming to your rescue. Can I get a witness? But look at the spoken power over distance. Verse 13 as we close. And Jesus told the centurion, go your way as thou has believed. So be it done unto you. And his servant was healed the very self-same hour. Do I have a witness? He said to the centurion, go your way. In other words, move out on the persuasion of your faith. Do I have a witness? Then he says, go your way as you have proclaimed it, believe it. Go your way. Let it be done unto your performance and your servant will be healed the same hour. Healing before the centurion heard that his servant was well. Healing took place before the centurion arrived to the servant's house. Healing, amen, took root before the dis difficulty in spite of the distance. See, child of God, we got to have a faith that says, I will call things that be not. I can't see it. I can't imagine it. I don't feel it. I'm in a bad place, but I believe God. Can I get a witness? Storms are shattering. Uh, demonic forces are everywhere. My family's cracking. My mind is wailing, but I believe God. You got to have a stick to itiveness. You got to be like a military man. You got to, amen, endure hardships. You got to take a licking and keep on ticking. You got to suck it up. Can I get a witness?
You got to wipe your tears and say, let me try this thing all over again. You got you to gotta stop feeling sorry for yourself. And I dare you, instead of pouting, start praising his name. Because every time I praise the name of Jesus, he sends power. Can I get a witness? He sends a power over my situation. He sends a power over my strength. He sends a power over my feet. He sends a power over my will. Power! 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 The power of the spoken word. Can I get a witness? So we're not waiting to see something in the sky. We're not waiting to feel something. It's once I get that word, I move out on the word. It's the power of the word. The Lord said it. I believe it. That ends it. Say it. Say it. Yeah. He's word. Jesus is word. Jesus is worthy. To be praised. Stand on your feet. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, every head is down. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved, truly saved. Just put your hand there. Nobody's looking. I want to give my life to Jesus. I see hands. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Or perhaps you want to join the church on your Christian experience. This is a teaching, preaching ministry. Raise your hand also. Everybody have their hands raised. Come on up here. Come on. Step out. Step out. Come on, baby. Come on. Right here. Come on, baby. Come on. If your hands is raised, come on. Jesus said, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Come on. Come on, baby. I'm coming back and get you. I'm going to come and get you. Come on. Anybody? Now, if you did raise your hand, Jesus died for your sins, was buried, rose again. You ask him into your life to save you. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? There's power in the spoken word. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, his word cannot come back void. Listen. If his word can't come back empty, what are you expecting? Because you have held on to the word. You ought to be expecting something. I'm expecting a blessing because I tithe. That's his word. I'm expecting a blessing because I serve. I'm expecting a blessing because I'm trying to live right through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm expecting a blessing. Let's look to the Lord. Father, thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you for our graduates. Thank you for our youth choir. Thank you for Beverly and all the other, oh God, aspects of this worship service. And God, help us to be like this centurion. Oh, God, just speak the word. Father, we thank you for your spoken word. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy and grace. Thank you for fixing our hurts.
ordering our steps, stabilizing our spirits. And as we go out this place, but never your presence, bless us for thy name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to ask you to go with the ministers. Love you, man. Those of you that have our new members orientation and cybership come down front. We love you. Have a great day. Hi, man. Love you. You guys remain seated. We're going to feed you, man. Love you.